This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast when we're talking about fasting. So Pastor Michael, here is our question for today. If I'm fasting, should I take communion? That's a doozy. That's an interesting question. At first I thought about this question. I thought, well, gee, this is an easy, no-brainer answer. Yeah. But there is a little bit more to it that we need to discuss. Um. (laughs) Am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a little giddy today. <laughs> Which means I'm, gonna, I'm no, actually, like not enough. Maybe I don't okay. know. Um, all right, so there's a probably a principle that we need to just like deal with here. Okay, and the principle is uh, fasting from law versus fasting from grace. Right. So there's two different ways of looking at fasting. One is like I have to fast three times a week at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know and and uh, it doesn't matter if it's my wedding day. I'm still going to, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. like this like mandate, which is really what Jesus is like, guys, stop that. Yeah, you he know? was trying to kill that. If I were to just answer the question, I would say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You can do no wrong. Yeah. To not take it and be faithful to fasting is great. To break it because you're going to celebrate communion, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we'd do whatever you want. So maybe that's not the answer somebody wants, but there is no law on this and I would just give somebody flexibility. The whole point that we made in our last podcast was what what is fasting? It's abstaining for something that's essential. We're replacing that with a relationship directing towards God or receiving from God. So in the Old Testament though, fasting was regimented. It was required. It was, it was something that was done regularly. In the New Testament, we have the spiritual principle and the mm-hmm. spir- spiritual discipline when you fast, Jesus said. So it was an expected thing that believers would do semi or somewhat regularly. But when I think about this communion, would I fast from communion is kind of like, would I fast from prayer? Would I fast from from right. Bible study? Would I fast from a worship service? Right. It's hard you know, to like, would I do yeah. that? Uh, that puts it in a different category. Yep. Now, I'll tell you where my brain has been at for like the last 45 seconds. Uh, imagine I come from an Orthodox mm-hmm. or Catholic background, and in my brain, communion has more, um, we'll say, power or is more has the ability to uh, help me accrue good works or righteousness mm-hmm. or what, whatever the whatever the misconception of communion is. I can imagine that for somebody, um, if you if you are a Roman Catholic or an Orthodox answering this question, um, this would be a lot more difficult. For us, mm-hmm, right. uh, Jesus says, you do this in remembrance of me. This whole idea of transubstantiation, consubstantiation, where the elements change, that is theology developing over centuries without right. any rooted and groundedness yes. in the text. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's that's the tradition of the early church. Uh, we'll say the Roman Catholic and Orthodox and Lutheran uh, denominations developing their ideas of communion based off of tradition and not on the text. And the text, there's nowhere, and I mean not even a hint of anything magical, superstitious, sure. or or hyper-spiritual happening in the actual elements themselves. Nothing. Zero. Mm-hmm. Zilch. That being said, uh, this is why we 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 could say, hey, if you don't take communion today, that's fine. That's yeah, why some okay. churches only do communion once a month. And mm-hmm. um, because there's not a mandate. He says when you do when this, you do it. You know, and, or as often as you yeah, do and this. technically, technically, let's get real technical. Uh have that happening in a once a year Passover Seder meal. If you're gonna get real technical, communion would be celebrated when you do this yeah, Seder right. Passover mm-hmm. once a year, then do this in remembrance of me. The whole point is we're not under law, we're under grace, and there's a lot of flexibility. 
um, on this issue. So my point coming back, all that little rant coming back and saying, um, communion has no substantive power in and of itself. Agreed. It is a reminder to center us. And whether or not the elements go in my mouth or not, my heart and my mind and my soul can be centered. Did you like mm-hmm. that trichotomous mm-hmm. little? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like it. Like dance yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. I didn't agree with what I just said, <laughs> but I gave it but to you. But you did. You said it. There we go. Um, so I would say there are some Sundays, like for example, this happened about three months ago where um, I was going to take communion and uh, you know I hand the elements out to people at, at, during communion and then I go to grab it. Well, I, I couldn't separate the cup from the juice in both services. It's like whoever it's filled like, them yeah, all, yeah. like slammed them together. Uh-huh. You know? So I took no bread, you know? Like, and I was like, you know what? It's fine. Um, like, I think yes. we're going to be A-okay because uh, the actual elements have no substance and mm-hmm. power to them to do anything in my soul. What is powerful is is me centering myself and rooting myself and remembering the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. That is what that is where the power is. And whether mm-hmm. or not I consume seven calories of a wafer, you know, <laughs> is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Communion in itself is a relational uh, engagement with the Lord. That is what fasting is as well. It is a way in which we intentionally relate to the Lord. We replace what we would naturally do during our time of meal we engage the Lord in, either yep. through Bible study or through prayer. And so that's why I said earlier, you know, would you replace, you know, your worship service because you're fasting? Would you replace or or not engage? I, I guess I should yeah. say it that way. Not not go to church because I'm fasting. Not open my Bible because I'm fasting. That seems yep. kind of like, uh, you got things a little backwards here. Here's the real question. If you're gluten free, <laughs> should you take the gluten full? Uh huh. And trust God. Yeah, trust God. Trust God that you're not going to get sick. If you perceive communion as um, this powerful like experience where it is the elements are imbued with power, you know, whatever you're, you're probably going to make some mistakes in this. But mm-hmm. like one of the things I like about communion is that I think of it more like an anniversary where you and your wife, you and your husband get together and you remember your wedding day. And uh, the problem with a lot of anniversaries is they just eat and celebrate and talk about nothing. But the mm-hmm. whole point is yeah, to, draw you, about it. to draw you back to that day and remember what happened and to draw you back to that first love. And um, I, and unfortunately, like there, you know, a lot of people treat communion um, like a holiday. Like holidays are just more like, eh, we do it because we do it and everybody does it. You don't think about why you do it. Right. It's just on the rhythm. It's yeah. on the calendar, whatever. But communion is supposed to be a personal, personal thing and um, that where you remember and you go back, it's an anniversary like you mm-hmm. would, like of you going back to what Jesus did for you and and the people you love and, and uh, re- recollecting those events and uh, being filled with awe and gratitude and getting centered again and and really why you're a Christian, which is Jesus called you, chose you, you're saved right. you, gave you faith, and it's all rooted in the cross. That's on my own little rant, though. So let's go to the next question. Let's go to tomorrow. (laughs) Well, listeners, please come back next time when we talk more about fasting. And our question next time will be, how does a person keep their fasting a secret from their family when you have to prepare and participate in meals together? Mm